on this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, sponsored by Mr. Mac. We're talking rivalry, Utah-BYU, our memories, our predictions, all that and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. This is John Kern from the Associated Press and author of Under a Fallen Sun, and you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. It's Rivalry Week. Welcome to the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. Dirk Facer along with Jody Genesee, Mike Sorensen, and the retiring Brad Rock. Good to have you here, guys. Let's jump right into it. Who has more to gain or lose in this game, Mike? The Utes or the Cougars? You know, I think it, uh, it's the, the Cougars, really, um, in the way that, you know, Utah still has, the, they have the Rose Bowl as their main goal for the year or winning the Pac-12. They always love to beat BYU, and, you know, it's made a tradition out of it. If they happen to lose, though, they still have 11 more games, and they still have all their Pac-12 games. Now, look, on BYU's hand, if they lose that game, they've got a dawning schedule after that. Uh, you know, they could just, they could lose at Tennessee, they could lose to USC, lose to Washington, all of a sudden they're 0-4, right. so they do not want to get off to a, you know, a bad start. If they win that first game, they have confidence, and they might win the next week at Tennessee, and might win one of the other two games. So I just think that it's kind of like Utah, they, they're, they're going to be focused on this game, but if they lose it, they'll say, okay, we lost finally to BYU, but we still have our main goal of, of the Pac-12 ahead of us. What do you think, I'm always in agreement with Mike on that subject until this year. And this year, the reason I'm not is all these things you've talked about in other podcasts about uh, where Utah's ranked, about some people thinking they can get the playoffs. I don't think Utah can afford to lose that game. If BYU loses this game, they can still beat Washington. They can still beat USC. Theoretically, still beat Tennessee. Uh, and, and so in that sense, I think for the Utes, uh, if they want to really be a national player and get to the playoffs, they got to win. So there's a lot more riding to me than, than uh, a normal year. What do you think, Jody? I'm going to go with the retiring Brad Rock on this Thank one. You. So like, <laughs> I mean, he made some really good points. Like we said last week, uh, the Utes have so much riding on this season. It, how often they've never been this high this early in the season. So yeah, we're t- Pac-12 is still there. But what happens if they lose this game to BYU? Yeah, they're going to win the next two against Patsy opponents, but that's going to take a, a, a knock off of them and. I, I think they can't afford to lose this game this year. It, there's just too much at stake. BYU is used to losing. <laughs> so it doesn't, it, you know, it's just a, a 9 and 7 8. Do you think it'd be painful, though, for Utah if they were to lose this game and run the table and have their, their rival always chiding, well, we're the ones that beat you? Does oh. that matter? Oh, for sure. This uh, I, Utah likes Utah fans at least like to pretend that BYU isn't the rival anymore. But we we know better. This this is a huge game for them. The Pac-12 is also a, a huge for them as well. But yeah, that, that would really <laughs> they would hate that. It, it would be painful, but they could still say, "Well, we're still going to the Rose Bowl," and you know, and so it, you know, that would. Right. Be just a consolation prize at least, but uh, something it's still going to hurt, you know. But they'll say, "Oh, we've we've beaten you enough lately, and we're just we're still going to the Rose Bowl." And if they're eleven and one, maybe they'll have an outside chance at something bigger. So you never know. Guys, this old guy's been around. We've seen this rivalry. You know, BYU dominated it for years, but isn't it hard to believe that Utah's won eight in a row, Brad? And, and considering most of these games are one score games, are close. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, for twenty five years, I think Utah won two or three. 
uh, of those games and to, to see that they win eight in a row and like you said under those circumstances when they didn't play well it's kind of interesting to me that the, you know BYU probably is saying the same thing we didn't play well enough we, we, we could have won but you think about last year when they're down at the end of the season with the Pac-12 championship coming up and they didn't play well and still won the game they had other things to think about and still won the game so if I were BYU as close to the scores have been I would be nervous and say Utah didn't have have that much on the line and still beat us and has still beat him eight years in a row. Mike, um, what do you think the game will come down to this year? I talked to Coach Witt uh, earlier this week and he gave the old line of scrimmage is where the game is won and lost, and which he always says, which most football coaches say. Is it important for Utah to not get off to a slow start like they did in last year's robbery game? I mean, is that the key, or what do you see as the key to this game? I think that's one of the big keys, you know, especially being away from home this year. Last year they had the home crowd behind them, so that kind of helped them to stay in there and helped them in the second half. But uh, I think maybe, you know, big plays might be a big factor. You know, BYU hasn't doesn't have a lot of They've got a solid offense, but they don't. They're not a big play type team, and they haven't been. They may. They might be this year. And so Utah, with their uh, some of the speed they have with Jalen Dixon and so forth, they might be able to get some bigger plays. And, and that might might come down to that because they're you know they might be fairly evenly matched in many ways. But you know whoever has maybe the big plays might have a better chance of winning. Well, you know, and the, the next factor in that too might be who actually plays. If no Zach Moss, no Britton Covey, um, that's true. There'll be some adjustments. And then, like you mentioned in last week's podcast, uh, the offensive line. You know, is a is a key too because they got some new faces up there. Brad, what do you think the game will come down to? You know, I think a lot of it is whether Utah will be able to move the ball. I think uh, they are going to be okay, and, and Zach Wilson's a great player, but uh, and they've got a nice stable of running backs down at BYU. Uh, Utah might have the best uh, defensive line in the country, and and I think they will be able to manage BYU. So can Utah get in uh, get in the end zone? Can they move the ball? Tyler Hundley is a, is a big play guy, but he can also hurt you with some of those uh, things, trying to do things when it's it's too late in the play. So I think moving the ball and knowing who's going to move it, who's going to be running that ball is, is, is going to decide that game. Jody, do you see the Utah defense that's heralded up front and then you know, for Zach Wilson to be able to throw the ball, you got an All-American candidate, Jalen Johnson back there, Julian Blackman. You know, it won't be easy, especially if there's a good rush, you know, from the Utah line. He'll be in a hurry and checking it downfield. You're going to have to be very careful with talents like Johnson and Blackman back there. Right, and I think BYU does match up a little bit better than they have in the past on their offensive line, but Utah's defensive line is perhaps the best in the nation, or at least one of the top two or three and so that's clearly an edge for for uh, Utah if they can get that pressure, which they will be able to get it on Zach Ma or on uh, Tyler Huntley and get into the backfield and and, and cause some uh, commotion against Zach Wilson. Too many Zachs going on here. Right. <laughs> Zach and Doodle do, but I, I think that uh, yeah, I I think that Utah can withstand BYU getting a couple touchdowns ahead. I think they can rally back as they showed last year. I'm not as convinced that you uh, BYU can make a comeback against Utah. What about, I mean, the Utes obviously might come out laser-focused, as you'd expect, after last year's game. And then I'm sure Andy Ludwig would like to get the offense off on a good foot. Um, do you see the Utes coming out laser-focused in that regard? Oh, yeah. They might play it down a little bit and, and say, uh, you know, we're all about the Pac-12. But uh, you know that they're they're hyped up. Uh, they play BYU videos in in the the training center and you know they're really hyped up about it and i know that byu byu has not been shy about it at all since their media day they've been talking about utah 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 which i love i went to navy really quick went to navy this off uh, this summer and all over the place you see 
go Navy, beat Army. You know, they're not, <laughs> they want to beat their rival. I, I love it. You know, that laser focus, Dirk. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Utah is going to be super laser focused. And I, and the reason I said that, you know, yeah, Idaho State or Northern Colorado, but, you know, they were focused for Michigan. They were focused for Pitt. They were focused for Texas A&M when they opened the season. So, so yeah, my thought is uh, when that game is a, is a, is a big game and it's not a smaller program, then, uh, then they do get ready for that first game. They weren't quite as focused for Weber State and Idaho State the last couple of years when they fell behind, or was it Northern Colorado? I, I know they were down 7 nothing to these I, I FCS that. schools, but, yeah, I think they'll definitely be focused for this one. You know, you got to remember, for years, Utah has put a, in there, if you go in their locker room, they have how many days till the BYU game. Right. That's even when they were in the Mountain West. And so they're, they're definitely, they definitely want to win this game. Well, you guys, it's the sale. Mr. Mac customers wait for buy one soup at $299 and get the second soup for just a dollar. That's right, Jody. Buy one soup for $299 and the other for a dollar. Last week you had a proposal that uh, I buy the $299 suit and you get the dollar one. You still up for that? Yeah, this week I think I'll spend $2 and you can spend, <laughs> do the math, Dirk, you can uh, spend that much. That's a lot of money. That's yeah, I'm more doubling than down here. Had. Hey, Mr. Mac will be breaking this out on TV September 1st. However, anyone listening to the podcast can head into the stores and get the sale now. That's a bonus for listening, folks. Be Beat the rush and get the best selection. Remember that Mr. Mac, buy one suit for $2.99 and get the second for a dollar. Mr. Mac, free alterations with on-site tailor shops in all nine stores. Let's get back to football, guys. Uh, breaking down the matchup, Mike, who do you think has the edge? I mean, is it everyone likes to say Utah has more talent because they're in the Pac-12 and this and that and that. Um, do you see any matchups that maybe Utah doesn't have the edge? Yeah, if you look on paper, I would think you'd say oh, Utah has the edge most of, well, most of the places right down the line. Um, BYU does have some edges. They might have a better tight end, and maybe their line, offensive line, is maybe better than Utah's offensive line. Of course, you're talking about against Utah's defensive line. That might be a problem. Right. But on paper, I think Utah has the edge on most of the matchups if you're doing a comparison. But, you know, you know, like you say, you can throw those things out the window in a rivalry game. You know, whoever's the most motivated and, and who executes the best, I mean, that's what's going to come down to. But, you know, you'd think... Uh, that Utah does have the better athletes just from you know way they've gone the program's gone the last few years and that should be the case again this week yeah and I think Mike uh, you know you said that even with that difference if there are some turnovers it it, it flips that whole thing around and so yeah I, I I would agree with you I think BYU's got some intriguing guys in their in their backfield in their offensive backfield and their running backs are quite good and we we don't know about Utah's we we don't know much about it but I I don't disagree with you that as you as, as you look over all over all of them, uh, most position groups, you're going to go with the Utah guys. Jody, in this streak, uh, Utah's beat BYU in Las Vegas. They beat them in Salt Lake City. They beat them in Provo. But I believe the last two times BYU won, and although it's been a while, the games were in Provo, they have a home field edge, or does that not exist in the rivalry game? Well, when you get 60,000 white sober people together, <laughs> that's <laughs> <It's> a, crazy. <laughs> a joke about what uh, Bradley and A supposedly said, but, and I am sorry. Uh, no, I, I think that uh, it, the crowd will be pumped up and, and amped for this game, but you, you go down there and it'll be a lot of red <laughs> there as well. So I, it's going to be a fun game, I, I think. I Like these guys said, I think 
think Utah has the edge at most position battles. And so I, I like Utah's chances of, of making it nine, but I this is one game I would never put one penny on because you just you just don't know. Zach Wilson is a terrific quarterback. They've got some really good running backs. Big question marks on their receiving core, but I think overall BYU is going to be a pretty good team this year. But Utah could be a special team. So you like that edge right there. So, Jody, I saw somebody on, on Twitter uh, trolling. They said, what do you do if BYU wins? Do you storm the field? Do you act like you've never been there before? Do you storm the field, or do you say, we knew that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think people should have learned from Utah. When How many times did they storm the field that one year? <laughs> Three times? Don't storm the field. <laughs> Unless, Brad, you're retiring, so I want you to storm at least oh, the okay. press room. Yeah, that's yeah. a long uh, journey from the press box to storm the field. But. Yeah, then I have to come back up, so yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Hey, Mike, where does this rivalry rank nationally? I mean, it's relegated to the late game on ESPN, so it's not exactly prime time on the East Coast. Uh, where do you think this rivalry ranks? Do you think people know about it? I kind of sense it's still kind of a secret to a lot of people, just how competitive these games are and the emotion. I think that's true. I think it ranks right up there with, with the best as far as the games the way they've been played. I mean, you think of USC, UCLA. I mean, can you remember one of those games, Ohio State, Michigan? I mean, Ohio State seems to win every single year. I mean, well, of course, that's been the case lately here. But no, you look at the closeness of these games. I mean, since 2000, you could almost pinpoint 10 so-called classic games, you know, that you can, and sometimes it takes, you look back on these other rivalries, and they might have one or two. They're just these games that went down to the last second, and some strange thing happened, and, you know, you, we can count several like that in this in this rivalry, but, you know, sometimes if a national writer, you know, did a story about how many close games they've had, and how, and just some of the things that have gone on in the last two decades, it's, it's pretty amazing. Brad, do you think religion plays into this? Do you think always? I mean, it seems to be more out of state, or do you think it exists here too? Yeah, I think it happens. There's there's a lot of different factors, which you know the coaches are open and will tell you that that's the religion and other things play into these things, uh, which make it super emotional and the crossover in the families. You know, I I, I think that. Uh, in terms, Mike's right about how close they are being great games. I don't think the rivalry is what it used to be uh, in in terms of what matters. I I, I just you know I just think people not are being the same conference. I, yeah, I think the conference thing. I think BYU can have a really nice year if they beat those other Pac-12 teams and if they beat Tennessee. And I don't think they should worry that much about it. And I think with BYU, with Utah, it's obvious that, that the BYU game isn't their biggest game. Jody, you're plugged in more than anyone on social media, and I'm sure you see a lot of things. Do you sense that this rivalry is a big deal nationally? Uh, nationally, I think it's respected. I think more people know about it than they used to. But you, when you see a, a Utah player or – uh, a BYU player that's from out of state, and they'll say, I didn't realize it was a big thing until I actually got there and, and saw how <laughs> how crazy these fans were and how intense the players were. And so, But you know that about USC-Notre Dame. You know that about these other rivalries. So I don't think it's at that to that scale. But I think it is. I personally think it's a top 20, 25 rivalry in the nation. And I think, uh, I think Utah fans, whether they want to admit it or not, this is a game they want to win for sure. Yeah, you still have the Pac-12, and that's awesome. But you want to beat BYU every year. So I, I think there might not be as much at stake, like Brad said, because of the conference uh, differences now. But as far as pride goes i i think i think they still want to win it badly i think it's funny i was up at my favorite uh, 7-eleven by my uh, my old school east high just the other day and a guy came up to me at the counter and he said why does utah keep playing those guys 
They shouldn't play BYU, you know, and he's giving me the business. That right there is ultimate trash talk. It is. You're not good enough to be – that's great. Yeah, I loved it, and I, I luckily uh, did a pivot move and snuck out of the store before he kept talking to me. But <laughs> You probably do still owe him for the nachos, by the way. And a, and a donut probably. But, uh, guys, Mike and Brad, you've been around this thing a long time. Do you sense that um, the Utah and BYU will ever maybe get to the passion where they, it means everything, or do you think that's gone just because of the conference? Yeah, I think it's gone because of conference. I think uh, I, I think they're uh, they'll play. I don't think that they will play on into infinity every year. I think at some point, and you did that story on the athletic director, and he was kind of like, "Oh yeah, this we think this is a good team, and then we'll see what happens." And if you ask Whit, they kind of talk like that. I think uh, you know theoretically uh, they they may not play every year. First time they're playing in the opener, and I think it's a good thing if they're not in the same conference, get the game out of the way. And as uh, journalists, we kind of like not writing divided household stories all year long. We can get them done before the season begins. <laughs> so do you like it being the opener, Mike? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Maybe if they could, you know, I think in the future it's going to be the second or third game. And if you're going to do it in the first, you know, month of the season, why not have it be the first game? You know, the buildup, you know, has been great the last month. Everybody's been talking about this game. And if it was like September 14th or something, then you kind of, you know, maybe kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit more but I still think it's a big deal you know I mean it may not be what it was you know 20 years ago when they're in the same conference but I still can feel it there's a people that are, it's a big deal to them you know on both sides that's the biggest sporting event in the state to say the least you know every year that's when you get guys from at 7-eleven coming up and giving you their opinion and such um putting the rivalry in review does anyone have any good bad or ugly memorable moments that you just quickly that come to mind oh there's all kinds of them you know you think about the cheerleader fight down in Provo all you right. can talk about the uh, that's a good one the Max Hall comments after a game you know the Lenny Gomes pumping your gas I mean it seemed like all this happens down in Provo doesn't it no no the Utah has its share of games where they've had you know you've had the Kanashiro doink and and the you know people pouring beer on Max Hall's family I mean there's all kinds of stuff so there's a you could go on and on the urinal stickers there's yeah I think it's fun yeah, the missed field goals at the end of the game by BYU. Brandon Burton comes around and blocks the field goal. And the Kanashiro, I mean, I, I talked to him a year or two later, and, yeah, he still had some pretty strong feelings about it. But but he was kind of cool. I mean, I thought he'd be crushed, but he came he came back the next year. But that's that's really memorable. And I remember, Han, I think, Hans Olsen and some of those guys were trash-talking Utah after the game. So, it's it's still there. It's it's you know. There's always wanna, something. It seems yeah. like doesn't yeah. it? No. I was at that Las Vegas Bowl with my son, who's a huge. Don't tell any Utah fans this, but he's a huge BYU fan, and that was something else. <laughs> he's about ready to jump ship until the second quarter. But that that was a crazy game. Uh, and as well. just you know, the bottom line, and this gets preached a lot, but everybody's just got to keep it in perspective. It's a game. Have fun. There's no need for all this uh, crap or any violence or any harsh words that you know let's keep it in perspective because we're all neighbors still i've sat in the stadium before at both places and there might be one or two goons but for the most part i think there's some fun trash talking and there's a lot of respect and i've seen a lot of people talk back and forth hey that was really good play you know when you talk about rivalries jody i mean it does remind me of uh you know auburn and uh, and alabama and they burn trees and you know (laughs) there have been people shot at some of the rivalries so yeah this is a big rivalry but thankfully it hasn't gotten that far out of hand. And one year I was on the field doing some interviews after the game and a, at Rice Huggle Stadium and a big water bottle came whizzing by my head. I don't know where they threw it from. But, you know, we have idiots that throw things at the players and stuff. And I just hope everything stays in perspective. And, and I'm just grateful that guy had bad aim. <laughs> really bad aim. Hey, uh, it's that time. 
I'm Tom Barberi, and it's time for Utah by Five. All right. Thank you, Mr. Barberi. Let's turn it over to Jody Genesee and the Utah newsletter, Utah by Five. Yeah, this past week, a lot of kicking happened. I, I know that's not necessarily the sexiest topic, but I decided to do the Utah Five by five on the kickers. And so number one was Matt Gay. He has been the talk of Tampa Bay so far this uh, season. I hit that 61-yarder in practice. Then he hit a 48-yard field goal to win the game over the, the Dolphins in the preseason. So that was a he, – he's been uh, a godsend for the, the Tampa Bay fans. Number two is his cohort, uh, former Ute Mitch Wisnowski, had a tremendous hit, and it was so good. He that, nailed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that Madden NFL actually, like, increased his power rankings just from that one hit, which was pretty funny. And uh, Coach Witt went on uh, national radio and, and talked him up. Uh, number three is Ben Lennon. Uh, he's, you know, the Australian punter now, and uh, I think that he's another guy that fits in that mold of, of being a really – athletic guy that who, who could lay the wood on on some guys if they uh, get in the open field so p- people might want to pay attention to him I think he'll be a terrific punter as well he's going to be the place holder for Andrew Strau as well that's number four everybody's eyes are going to be on him the new the kicker the UCLA transfer uh, he won the, the battle in camp uh, he's a lefty I think he's going to be a nice replacement for Matt Gay and number five uh, the women's soccer team you know they Started up against Clemson and Alabama. So that's quite the, the uh, schedule right there. I know that Coach Witt was even a little bit impressed by that. Yeah, so. I think it was Patrick Kinahan asked him if they, you know, if the football team would end up playing Alabama and Clemson this year too, which would obviously be in the college football playoffs. So that would be a fun way to end the season. That would be quite the schedule. All that? right, get your kicks right Murder's there in row. Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Every Wednesday, subscribe to the newsletter. It comes out every Wednesday night, so we're having a lot of fun with it. Appreciate it. You do a great job with that, Jody. Just a reminder, uh, the podcast sponsored by Mr. Mac. Go see Mr. Mac, get a suit, and let's clean up our act a little bit, you fans, and look good wearing some suits, huh? We should probably talk about the journalists cleaning up our game. <laughs> well, I thought we're different, yeah. <laughs> final words, let's just go around on the rivalry. Jody, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think that uh, it's in Provo, but I think the Utes are going to have the edge <laughs> and, and win by about 10 points. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I would agree that Utah's going to win, and uh, in my little thing I put in the paper, I put them by seven because every in the last ten years, every win except one has been less than score, eight, right. eight, eight or seven points. Rock monster? Yeah, I have Utah by a couple touchdowns. My final thought is a tribute to our buddy Brad Rock here. Uh, after the game, he's going to be hanging up 41 years, right? Yep. Desert News. And uh, I think uh, Brad and I and Mike, I, I'm sure we've done decades worth of Utah BYU games. And uh, it's going to be really weird for Mike and I and Jody next year without you in the press box. Uh, will, you, will you take our calls at least? Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> I'll give you some calls. I'll keep you in touch, and and it would be weird to watch that game and then not you know not do anything after. Turn the TV off. Yeah. and Get a snack and. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, so, Brad, it's been an honor working with you, and it's a bittersweet day. I think I think uh, you hate to see you go, but it's sweet that you made it in the finish line in this business. It's crazy newspaper business now, and congratulations and thank you for everything. It's been a privilege to work with all of you guys, and I, I have high hopes for this newspaper as we as we go forward. Well, maybe we'll have to lure you out of retirement and bring you back to the podcast every once in a while. Okay. I know you love that drive downtown, so I do. You know, he lives in a gated community out south. Now, so <laughs> he, he doesn't like to leave too much, but uh, he earned it. So congratulations, Brad. Thank, Thank you. you.
Guys, that'll wrap up another edition of the Desert News Insiders podcast. We appreciate you listening.